0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world. Featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. Pagans Tonight Radio is sponsored by WitchGool.com. You're anyone, anywhere, anytime online magical education and welcome everybody for another night of our emerging pagan leaders and last night was just epic and I want to thank everybody who came out and shared that and brought it up there we're seeing some of the best numbers we've ever seen for such a thing And, and it's a reasonable reason I mean these leadership individual leadership and a lot of people said I didn't even know they existed that's right and so we're going to start another project that has been out there, been talked about, discussed, called Pagan World. paganworld.ning.com. It's a w- great way to get started on the ground floor of what will be a great directory. But tonight we're going to talk to fir- first, Right Reverend Phoenix Coffin Williams of the Corellian tradition. He is an archpriest. Uh, he runs a temple in out of Buffalo. He does a lot of things. But I think one of the more dynamic things is I think you're going to, if this is the first time you're hearing him, I think he's going to become, once we come out of the COVID period, I think he's going to become one of the great speakers uh, of our community because he has so much to say about so much. And he talks about a new concept for me. I'm not going to reveal it now, but, man, once you hear it, it's going to change the way that you look at Wicca, magic, and psychology. So here we go, Phoenix Coffin-Williams. And welcome back to Pagans Tonight Radio, where we're going to talk with uh, Phoenix, uh, who is also an archpriest of the Corellian tradition. And he does so many things out there that are helpful for people and was nominated, again, as one of the young emerging leaders that we have in our community. And I'm so grateful to have him there. Welcome, Phoenix.
2: Thanks for having me. Thank you so much.
1: Well, absolutely. Um, well, your peers decided that you were somebody that should be heard, um, and so well, do not we go ahead? And so, won't we go ahead with your comic book? I always call it the comic book origin. What is your simple, your original story? How did you get started with all this? How did you get here today? Uh, <clears throat> all right.
0: So
2: taking it back,
0: uh,
2: I was born uh, thirty-three years ago. Um, so I guess it uh, makes me a little baby baby, but um, I was born into a family that it was highly, is still to this day highly spiritual and uh, enforces and reinforces connectedness with God, higher power, uh, and using that connection to make important choices. Um, the family legend is my grandpa was born with a veil over his eyes, and that's where all of us get our ability to see into the future in various forms and ways. And that was something that was also very nurtured in my household and in my family growing up. Um, so I've had the privilege of growing up knowing that God in spirit is real and God had a plan for the work that I wanted to do and trusting that would be the best thing for my work and for my life. Um, unfortunately, my family was not big on the idea of witchcraft. However, through personal testimony and characteristics, even some of the most harder folks have been like, all right, fine. Maybe there's some political stuff that goes on there and there's a little bit less to be afraid of than we thought. Um, So that's been kind of like the work I've been doing with my life um, and my family um, is showing folks the dynamic ways that we can continue to connect with spirit in the various forms of techniques and technologies Um, And, you know, becoming unbound in our philosophies really does help us experience a greater connection and a greater motivation to be alive, really. When it comes to, like, my profession, my career, and my ministry, I've always known that I wanted to combine psychology, mental health, and spirituality um, in pretty unique, interesting, and valid ways. Um, and so I was lucky enough to get into college at the University of Buffalo in Buffalo, New York for undergrad, um, where there were some phenomenal opportunities for research and clinical investigation and critical thinking um, and opportunities for enrichment socially. Um, and uh, so I was really kind of lucky enough that uh, I could be taught to socialize and work with people and speak to people Um, and kind of walk between the worlds in that kind of way to manifest the things that are important to me, to get access to knowledge and opportunities, and to build important connections in communities that might not have existed before. And following that, uh, I was lucky enough to get into a very special program in graduate school. Uh, I went to a graduate school at Goddard College um, that is in Springfield, Vermont, very, very tiny town, um, right uh, near the capital Montpelier. Dartmouth College is a very uh, radical school. Um, and some like famous folks are known from going there. So like the actor William H. Macy went there, the band Fish um, is noted as being connected with Doddard. Um, and so uh, some of the things that I learned there uh, really helped me learn how to strip away uh, political nonsense, um, ego nonsense, helped me recognize my own privilege. And helped me recognize the way that I perpetuate harmful things and taught me how to really connect with people um, on a helping level. Um, and so I got my master's in clinical mental health counseling there. But also in the shadow kind of part of my life, I was also heavily engaged in my magical studies through witch school and through the Karelian tradition. Um, And so I remember very specifically uh, staying up super late at night to do my tests online um, and to follow up with my emails and the Yahoo groups um, and, uh, you know, showing up to, you know, those online events that were going on back then. I remember using Netscape at one point to log in. I remember using AOL at one point to log in. And I remember using, like, really early versions of Internet Explorer to log in until I get this work done and I get these studies done. Um, but it wasn't until I got to undergrad, uh, so in college, in my late teens, 18, 19, um, 20s, that I was actually able to get my first degree initiation. So, you know, I studied, did the exams, did the participating and stuff as best as I could. But then when I got the freedom to get out of my, high school, um, out of my home, uh, out of my house, uh, out of high school, into some more freedom, I did choose to officially take my first degree oath, um, and I got my second degree shortly thereafter that, um, right before my graduation from undergrad. And then uh, in 2014, right after, which is best, uh, I got my third degree elevation by Lady Alyssa Maxson-Kemp, uh, Lady Elizabeth Hamilton, and Lady Karen Silva. Uh, so those were the three uh, goddesses who elevated me that night, and from then, it's just been marching orders.
1: And um, currently, you stand as an archpriest as well. Yes, sir. Um, uh, So that's a very interesting uh, aspect um, of it. So you've done a lot of, so you talk about it right now of integrating ministry, and right now, I've noticed that you've been doing online events. Um, You just did one, and you've got more coming up. Can you talk about those, some of those online events and now which are recorded and available to people that
2: you've been doing? Yeah. So interestingly enough, event planning has always been a crucial part of uh, my education. Um, So back in the day uh, in my My days as a first and second degree priest um, and working my way through the studies, I worked at an organization at the University of Buffalo called SBI, Subboard One Incorporated. And it was a student-owned and student-operated not-for-profit organization. Um, And in that role, I got to function as a sexual health educator. Um, I got to climb to become the assistant director of that Mm -hmm. department. Um, and so planning events for outreach uh, to reach out to people who might need to get a special message that would be withhold, withheld from them otherwise, um, doing independent, you know, one-on-one interventions and specifically the de- de- excuse me, designing programming uh, that would meet a community's needs were also a part of what I had to do there. And so transferring that into how I function in the church was, was just my pleasure. Um, you me and I get to design some programs around how magical people can impact the social um, and the unmet needs of our communities. Um, we have a plethora of people who just want to do good in the world and want to you know, be organized according to their spirit. And some of them don't have access to the same privilege that I have. So, Making these things available to them in any way, shape, or form is a part of my third degree oath. Um, doing it on a global level was just something that happened on accident.
1: And, and that's very interesting because I think you, you had quite a bit of impact. Um, you just did recently one with um, dealing. So, you, so one of the things I was talking to Sir Ebony, who's one of those people uh, who has been involved with you know, the Ebony Knights and that sort of work. That became very crucial work in life over COVID um of dealing with um the the sort of racial and the discussion of racial uh gender and all of that because we hit a wall because suddenly it was like in everybody's face and one of the things i think that uh Abby was talking about uh, that she enjoyed was the fact that uh, that that instead of coming out and trying to make like from an on high or our community on high that you you were one of the people that she felt was uh, very compelling to help us with policy that we came instead of us um, coming to there it was that there was a question and you have been very involved now in helping create policy and programs to deal with this type of energy within not just the Corellian tradition, but in, I guess, across the board of sort of the pagan and wicked face of dealing with this in, in, in simple in simple, but very important ways. So we don't, you know, because it's so easy to be heavy handed these days. Can you talk about that?
2: Yeah. So over the pandemic, um, I really think that first of all, we were all extremely stressed out and afraid just at baseline out of our minds. Mm-hmm. And so we were bound to see the emergence of all of the shadow stuff and all of the survival stuff that we needed to cling onto and start to showcase in order to keep ourselves feeling safe and comfortable and so forth. And so I think the racism and the sexism and the homophobia and the hegemonic patriarchy that we were starting to see was the stuff that we were just kind of able to gloss over because we were distracted by other things. We were able to leave the house to go to work. We were able to go to the gym, swim, run, do all of those things. And so when it comes to handling that, Uh, The one, understanding that at this point in the United States, racism was handed to all of us Mm -hmm. and accountability doesn't look like what it looks like when you are actually holding the culprits accountable. So it's not appropriate to be heavy handed when we are trying to heal and help our neighbors, our friends, our classmates, our circle mates. In every other circumstance and situation, we are expected to behave in perfect love and perfect trust with the reed and our spirit guides ahead of us to make sure that our lower selves do not get in the way and cause unnecessary harm. That also has to happen when we're dealing with racism. That also has to happen when we're holding men accountable for sexual assault and rape. And intimate partner violence, it has to happen when we are holding people accountable for being better allies across the board. And so it can be hard to reflect grace. And a lot of people do have differing opinions on how we are meant to behave or what behaviors are most helpful. And to that, I say, follow your spirit and just be aware of what consequences you are accepting as you choose your behaviors. I chose my consequences, and that's why I act the way I act. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's a good and solid point. Um, you also have been doing um, what they call regional illustrations out of Buffalo. I've, I've, you've done four years in a row now.
2: Yes, sir.
1: And they're a lot of fun and everything else. There's a lot of music, a lot of noise, and a lot of music. Can you talk about that experience? I mean, it is one of those things that, that is, I think, important to community development. And I think people really like having you do it.
2: Yeah, people do like having me do it. And if anyone wants to listen to this, uh, feel free to help me out. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so this is something that I was talking about with uh, Lord Afrin earlier this, um, this year when he was here for, um, for lustration, for Reverend Kyle. Um, I was telling him that I believe that global lustration is a celebration of what our ancestors do for us. And that regional lustration is a celebration of what we can do for each other with that blessing. And so for me, it's kind of a personal responsibility and a mecca kind of decision to make sure that that can happen for as many people as possible. And uh, during the time of the pandemic and during the time of, you know, this uncertainty, one of my priorities was to make sure that we could do it as true to form as possible, while making it as safe as possible. And so uh, I've been sticking to the regulations and the guidelines very closely, being sure to operate within the parameters of what is allowed without kind of becoming resentful of all the things that were taken away from us because of the sickness.
1: And that's that's an important point, but because you've been involved now, you said 1920, 21, and got into this came from a spiritual background, but it sounds like a Christian background as well, primarily. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and that's and, that, and then you've, you know, you kind of developed out from there, um, and you got into the studies and everything. And you, it, what what brought you to want to finish the third degree? That's a that's a lot of work, and it took it, it took you some time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what brought you to want to finish that particular work?
2: So it took me I want to say three and a half four years mm-hmm. uh, five if I want to be like true to memory. Um, it, it's likely like a little bit closer to five years than than the three and a half. Um, but uh, I remember just feeling like you're not finished with your work yet. Like you still have homework. There's still other options for you to pursue. And so at that time, um, I was also uh, involved with Black Forest. Plan here in Buffalo doing their public opens and the workshops that they had in their stores um, and going to like the public events that I could, you know, get um, access to that we're having on campus. So the University of Buffalo had, you know, the Pagan Student Association that I was able to attend and um, participate in in, as far as, you know, um, having open discussions about beliefs and, you know, learning how to level with people about what they believe and how it functions for them. Um, And so one of the things that kept coming up for me that I kept running into is that people wanted some form of consistent thing that they could rely on, that they could show up to, Um, they knew that was going to be there. Uh, So Pagan Student Association, it would go through these waves of having someone who was really committed and they wanted to be gung-ho about it. So there would be some things. But then when that person graduated out, lost interest, or got offended you know, the faith kind of fizzled in that community. You know, the same kind of political things happen in in some of the magical communities that I am involved in. Um, Some folks wield emotions either very violently or uh, in very inappropriate ways uh, that impact the community and hurt the community. And I wanted to make sure that under any circumstance that I was in control of, I could make that be a space for everyone who wanted to come and participate in their faith Um, because of my magical education and because of um, the upbringing in my household, as opposed to the whole family. Um, So my mom didn't have me baptized. And I count that as like a really funny thing because all my other cousins are baptized and first communion and confirmed. Um, But You know, the kiddo who missed those sacraments is now a witch. (laughs) That's funny to me. Um, But however, that way of free thinking, (laughs) that way of free thinking, um, and that kind of element of choice that my mom did give me growing up, this is where it led me. And if I was always going to serve, which I definitely think is going to happen, this is where it's at. And so one of my goals is to make sure that folks have a consistent community in some form.
1: And that's been very. Um, I, I think that you've done really well. And uh, Temple of Holistic Knowledge is your temple that you that you operate. I've got that one right. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. You know, sometimes I get those wrong. Um, and you're with a very dynamic group. I think you've. Got, I think you're. And I want to talk about that a little bit. But you're also utilizing social media considerably well. Um, you're using Zoom to do some of the classes. You've been for years you've been doing you know pieces on it your health i mean you you did your whole health regime that you've gotten into because i know that you've been working really hard i'm almost up to 25 kilometers i'm now at 25 kilometers a week Uh, Yeah. (laughs) it occurs because you know when we get out of covet you know we're going to do the we're going to do this uh half marathon yeah yeah but, but um i noticed that you talked about health you've talked about the psychology I've even seen some of the material that you've written, I guess, for your PhD program. Am I getting that right? About Wicca mm-hmm. and very not, not um it's not like one-on-one stuff. This is like deep psychology. This is like examining Wicca from a psychologist, a, a psychology point of view, how does it can be useful. Um And you're also now just working with the Tarot of Hecate. You just did a class for a, uh, Fusion Sound, Pagan Pride, that I thought was pretty amazing, um, with tarot cards and kind of working on that energy. Can you talk about that real merger? I mean, it's it's a rare merger.
2: Yeah. So um, overall, um, you can look forward to, in the future, uh, my dissertation, which will be called Emancipation Theology. And in this dissertation, I very strictly argue that our gods, our ancestors, our spirit guides, they grace us with magic for a specific reason. It's undoing karmic knots. And the way that uh, these knots are, happen is in the way that we treat each other in the physical world. Um, and so we get magic to help us resist this treatment, to heal this treatment. And to prevent this treatment where necessary, and so I will be citing a few mythologies that talk specifically about gods um, sending emissaries to Earth specifically for this reason. Huh. I'm not to be doing this without citing any um, uh, Abrahamic scripture or any Abrahamic faith, um, it's not necessary for us to further examine like any Abrahamic, Judeo-Christian messiahs. Uh, but I will be examining the idea of the slain god or, you know, um, a goddess emissary sent down specifically to work with suffering people in order to help them emancipate themselves from the conditions that are selling the karmic entanglement for, you know, humanity.
1: And I think that's really kind of, that's, that's fascinating. I, wow, I'm blown away by that. Um, I really like that emancipation um, theology.
2: Well, Armageddon uh, is a
1: fucking crime, isn't it, sir? It is. I mean, I, I have. Yeah, I, I do. That, wow,
2: you love your I've speech like that, that. From huh? That's I've that. heard that from someone.
1: Yeah. Well, do you, yeah. I agree. You know, I, I still have, that's that's been my attempting to free. Why it, it is that one of those energies? Um, I was. I always get shocked when somebody posts me back because this is like a hard thing for me. Um, but you're also, so we always talk about, you know, five closest people that you deal with. And you deal with really high quality people. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm very proud of the groups that we have up in that Northeast, you know, Buffalo, Philadelphia and all that. Um, Lady Alyssa who's become first elder. You're an arch priest. Uh, you have a number of high priestesses. Uh, Lady Aisha, Liz, uh, Lady Liz. You know uh Jin, lady jen you know we have these sort of really kind of long-term and they they're very necessarily they're not like brand new like instant you know people always say like, oh how gonna be so young but you guys are really a very dynamic group as a whole and you treat each other as family uh as we can see um when mabel if you don't you know who's on there you know uncle and <laughs> she adores you
2: yes Oh yeah, that's
1: the baby. Uh, and you and you've been dealing with these sort of, this sort of interesting group of dynamic, not only as family but as as leadership. Of um, and you guys are all now acting in the capacity of setting. You've gone from just being students to being members who are setting policy and starting to take over key functions of it of the tradition. As we start to age a little bit, you know, you know, nothing against it, but. You know, there's been this aging, and and I think that it's been very interesting to see um, the space that you guys have taken to 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 kind of take on this dynamic action of being a, a, a tradition. And I think at some point, I think that the, the more and more of the, uh, I think that your your family up there, that sort of the part of the great family, is really going to take over a lot more of these those components over time. Um, And not because we have a schedule or a program, but because you guys are constantly expanding on your own, what you get what you do and you're very Internet oriented and everything else. Can you talk about that, 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 that really powerful energy that you you have?
2: Yeah, uh, so I will credit, uh, of course, the great family and the energy itself with bringing us together and attracting Mm -hmm. us um, do-gooder types you know, to be in proximity with each other. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting to meet Alyssa, getting to meet Aisha, getting to meet Jane, Kyle, um, getting to meet Kai several years ago as like being a sister in Buffalo and just like finding her at an event accidentally, like all of these things are very powerful moments for me. Um, And being comfortable enough to talk to them about the visions that I have and, you know, wanting to know more about the visions that they have and wanting to know, you know, which of my hands can you know serve their vision, and them wanting to know which of their hands can serve my vision, and being consistent with it, and you know following up in strong and powerful ways, um, and sometimes over delivering on promises is really what makes us a really tight knit unit.
1: I think that's been dynamic. Now I'm 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 an exer, and um, you know people know my story a little bit, you know Pegasus Net Radio, but. Uh, Thirty year, you know, When I was 30 years old, I got thrown into the deep water of the national leadership from the Parliament of World Religions. And one of the things I think that was very important is that we were very gender-based in that generation. We were god and goddess, and uh, the idea of strong male figures and strong female figures was essential. Now I've noticed that one of the things I think that I've struggled with, and where's my shadow work, and I'm constantly... Um, is that the idea of this sort of now a more fluid gender i mean for our tradition there is no there has been no signs of you know that sort of energy and when we've run into it i think that you know you're a part of part of it. when we did run into it we've been able to handle some of it but you're a very strong figure so that was, i was going to say and i i almost caught myself saying a male figure but you're a strong figure uh your energy and your tradition in the tradition um and I think that a lot of the younger, and I will say, men look up and t- look at you and, and and see that you can take that role, because um, a lot of my guests, a lot of people talk, oh no, it's a women's religion. Can you talk to that a little bit? The whole idea.
2: Uh, yeah. So um, I do respect the role of strong. Um, mm-hmm uh, binaries, um, Mm -hmm. the strong male figure, the strong female figure, Mm -hmm. um, the strong father figure, the strong mother figure. Um, however, I do respect the principle of nature a little bit more and nature will show us time and time again, the diverse way that any single species can manifest. And so I exalt that principle when it comes to showing respect to people and exalting the God that's within them. And so if I come across a strong male, you know, no one has to earn my respect. You just get it automatically. So strong male, high. Uh, strong woman, high. Um, respect all around. The thing that uh, I do um, stand for, I think, in, in myself is, um, again, being prepared for the consequences that I choose. And then also being aware of what I want people to see and know about me. hmm There's no hiding. We all have cameras on our phones, on our watches, right? Like we're on social media. Um, We live in communities close to each other side by side. The kind of person I want to be known for is someone who is respectful all around, will advocate for people who don't seem to have a voice and who isn't afraid to be wrong and make amends and kind of do the dirty work to make sure that healing is perpetuated appropriately when I make the goof. That has nothing to do with genitals.
1: It has to do with character. And uh, that's excellent. So I'm down to my last few questions. So the question I've asked everybody, what music are you listening to now? What is the music that you love?
2: Uh, do you want me to play it for you? Or do you want me to no, play why it? I did, you can talk about it, yeah. All right. So the music that I'm listening to is like high beats. Um, the genre reggaeton, uh, reggae, Mm -hmm. dance hall. Um, So like that fast stuff that like you shake your body and shake your butt to. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Music that you can bachata to. I do like some of my 80s and 90s uh, punk emo rock and that stuff. So every once in a while you'll hear me on my Green Day stuff um, or you'll hear me on my Evanescence, like for real, for real, like love you, Amy Lee. Uh, You were a huge part of me growing up, Um, Mm -hmm. so just wanted to put that out there, Um, and then when I'm in the mood and I'm uh, listening to some music that I want to feel inspired for ritual or for, like, a spiritual service, um, I will throw on some uh, Emerald Rose and Kalyana. Who else am I listening to? Uh, Like, Wendy Rule, you know, it's like some of that stuff that's that solid energy that surrounded my, you know, growth and development. Um, and so usually when I am playing rituals it is a combination of like faster dancing beats, and like jumping around in joy for the sake of joy and some spiritual affirmation.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's wonderful. I, I, I've been so interested in the diverse music that people are listening to. That was really good. So do you have any, so do you have any future plans? Do you have any idea of where you're going in the future? What are you looking at?
2: Yeah. So uh, I'm looking at wrapping up my PhD and getting done with that. So one of the commitments of that is um, solar circuit yoga, which is an expanded – it's an expansion of the Binder chakra method from uh, the Karelian second degree. Um, And I merged that with some yoga um, and some energy work and breath work um, and, you know, some of our principles. And put that into, you know, a 30-day package that you can just, like, follow at your leisure. Um, so I will be rolling that out. Um, of course, Emancipation Theology, I would love to be done with that sooner rather than later. Um, and then once that is done, I will be putting all my energy, uh, wait a minute, not making that goals. I'll be putting a lot more of my energy directly into expanding the reach of the Blue Door and um, getting some folks on board with um, learning more about emancipation theology and the way that, you know, our faith can actually continue to meet our community's needs, uh, especially with us being organized uh, and us having, you know, expanded access to each other and expanded communications. Um, So... Right now, uh, there are positions opened for all 50 states in the United States. Um, and these are stipend positions. Um, so I do expect to be paying people who come and provide their service uh, for the Blue Door. Um, and then there are um, room for people to come who might want to experience in counseling services um, through this method. And then, of course, if people want to learn and actually become, you know, Wiccan pagan Druid pastoral counselors who function in hospitals, military bases, and community-based mm-hmm. organizations. You can come and train in the Blue Door and you have access to that community and that work and that expanding knowledge base um, for a lifetime, uh, borrowing uh, from the witch school model there and keeping everyone with access to knowledge for as long as they are alive. Uh, so those are all things that are in the works.
1: Wow, you, you've got a good plan there. I, I, I'm I am so pumped. Uh, so, so the last, so the last thing I, I really want to know is, that, so you, you you give advice now to your 15 year old self or any any 15 year old, but to your 15 year old self, what advice would you give them to, to follow this path? Uh,
2: so, dear 15 year old self you are really good at making good choices. You're really good at judging character. Be a little bit better with your words and be a little bit strategic about how you wield them with people and you will find that you have a much easier time. Don't wait until you're 25 to learn that kid, don't
1: wait. And There you go. Well, I wanna thank you for sharing all this with us today and uh, we can see why you, you, were, you were spoken as being a dynamic leader. I think that uh, we're very fortunate to have you with us and in the world right now. You know, you could have been born any time, but we've chosen this and what I think is a historical time and your leadership out there. So I really am grateful. And uh, I want to say that you, you, I'm so uh, pleased and so uh, you deserve a praise for what you've done. I know that it comes short and not as often as it should. Uh, so I want to thank you. Thank you for being on our show tonight.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your encouraging words. I'm going to keep working hard to try to earn them, of course.
1: And, um, well, thank you. Uh, if you. You don't have to earn them. I think you, you just is. That's one thing I am learning out here. You're so dynamic in and of yourself. So we are going to be, uh, so there we go. You can find out more information. We'll give it, put some in, information in the notes. And so thank you. We are going to take our break here at Pegas tonight, and we'll be back after this. Join us at PaganWorld.co, PaganWorld.co, for a dynamic look at how we're going to connect our community. Now we're going to bring you Ebony Nash, an amazing individual who I think deserves not only a lot more recognition, but also you need to hear her music as well. Um, There's a lot about her, but we're going to go on, and wait a minute, I'm going to tell you Was I not telling you the truth? You know, the emancipation uh, philosophy, spell work, and the idea of that emancipating, isn't that a blow-away idea? I mean, it just blew my mind when I heard that from uh, Phoenix. And you're going to hear a lot of things that might actually make you think here with Ebony. Sir, Ebony Nash. Hi, everybody, and we're now on to another episode, another interview with a great A young leader of our community, uh, Sir Ebony Nash, who has served in a number of capacities and has really come out during the period of, um, has been working all along, but during this COVID period has become really one of the backbones of a lot of things that we've done, including CM Broadcasting. Uh, She's been working with magazines. She's been working with a lot of people and dealing with a lot of issues for us. I'm very excited about this. Um, I consider her one of the really upcoming stars. And so, welcome Ebony.
3: Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: And so let's start with the thing. So why don't you introduce yourself to people, give us your comic book origins. How did you get here today?
3: All right. So as you said, I am a member of the Corellian Nativeist tradition. I'm a second-degree priestess. Um, So my story started actually probably quite a while ago, long before I even started looking into paganism at all um as a kid growing up I always had these different things that kind of happened to me that didn't make sense in the structure that I was brought up in for instance you know seeing certain things or hearing certain things and then seeing things manifest themselves in my reality and not being able to explain why that was a thing um my family was very Christian. Uh, my mother was raised as a Southern Baptist, oddly enough, and then went into the Pentecostal church, which is what I was raised up in. And it wasn't until I was 18 and off college, sorry, 19 and off college, that I got a chance to really start looking into anything that wasn't Christianity. So I looked into various different things. I looked into Satchu for a little bit. I looked into Lost Safariism a little bit. And I actually um Googled Wicca and the uh, witch school site is what actually popped up. It was totally random. And I was like, Oh, okay, there's something online. So I went and I you know, signed up. I was
0: like, Oh, look at this.
3: And so I started looking at the classes and I signed up for the first degree class and I took that and um, it was funny because I was trying to do it without my mom knowing because at the time I had moved back, I went to uh, Iowa for a little bit to go to school and then I came back and I was staying with my mom but I didn't have internet uh, capability at my house but one of my friends lived in the apartment complex but I stayed at so I went and I did my first degree could be over there during the day when my mom was at work, <laughs> and they let me print things off so that I could actually uh, study at home when she wasn't, you know, around. But but you know I couldn't go over there, so I still had my my work so I could keep doing it. So and it was real cool because they're not even pagans. My friends that let me use the computer, but they knew for whatever reason they knew it was important to me to do even more than I more so than I did at the time. But I've often gone back and told them, like, hey, like, you guys have no idea what you did for me, (laughs) letting me use your computer just to, you know, study. And so I got really into it, and I got through my first degree, and uh, I started my second degree, and then life happened, and I got a little disillusioned with things, and it was like a decade and a half before I did anything, and I was solitary this entire time, too, by the way, so I hadn't met anybody in the tradition yet, I hadn't really reached out, I didn't really know who to reach out to or what to do, I was just so drawn by just the knowledge and the teachings that, that was available, that I just, that's what I latched on to first, and that's what kept me going with it, even when I wasn't actually studying, studying that you know, decade and a half, I still just every once in a while something would pop in my head and remind me. And uh, so it was 2019, the last time that uh, there was actually an in-person illustration, which was also my first illustration and also the 40th anniversary of Lord Don leadership of the tradition so it was really big all together and it's the first time I met a lot of people so I, I'm not sure what got me deciding I was going to do it but I just you know about six days out I was like ah, can I do this can I figure out a way to get there let me see if I can figure this out so I figured out a way got some money in range, got some help from a couple other friends got some you know things to wear I had no clothes really to go out and and, and, and in in public, you know, and feel like I look all right. I I was like, I, you know, wanted to make a good impression first time and um, it was funny because when I got there and one of the first people I met was Lord Don, and I'd met him online already and kind of you know, spoken here and there and it was funny because he's like, Andy, it's so good to meet you at first and I was like, what? Oh my goodness, did he just call me by name? you know, but, but at the same time, it's just like, it's you know, it, he was just so nice and, and everybody was just so nice and just so welcoming and just, just, just gobbled me right up and just like, you don't take me in and let's just come on and let me show you this and show you that and here yeah, we're going to do this. And, and it was so um, unusual for me in a good way, but it was unusual because I'm just not used to having that kind of uh, spiritual family of feeling like, I belong somewhere, because growing up in Christianity, it was, you know, anybody that knows me knows there's quite a few things about me that just don't go with Christianity, be it, you know, um, the way my own personal beliefs are, being uh, in the LGBT community, of course, and um, so it was just nice to be somewhere where I could just be any number of Part of myself and it was just like hey all right come on in we love you let's you know let's just give you a big old hug it's just like it was like southern hospitality but from a spiritual standpoint if that makes any sense (laughs) you know hospitality you know so it was just a wonderful experience and um of course I met you there as well in person which was awesome and your speech and um lady liz's speech uh for the paladins that's what got me wanting to even join an order i hadn't even been a part of any orders at this point that uh i can remember it because i don't think i was i think i started joining things after that
0: mm-hmm.
3: that's when i started to know more people so i started to see what was going on and just getting involved and it was just a great experience and it really got me to where I am right now. It was just having that moment where I actually could be surrounded with people that actually thought the way I did or understood where I come from or, you know, can relate in some way so that I couldn't find elsewhere.
1: So you, so you studied online. Wow, a long time, decade, decade and a half. You've been in and out of it. And then you decided to actually join with the physical, uh, with the that was in Danville, Illinois. So it was like in your backyard yeah. a little bit.
3: Exactly. At the time uh, I was living in Iowa, then I live in Missouri now, but I was in uh, Iowa then so it was just uh things
1: that it was closest it's the closest we come into the Midwest is that mm-hmm. Danville. And we yeah. won't return there until like twenty twenty four. So we, we go that it is. The illustration for those who don't know and I'm I'm not expecting a lot of people is is the central ceremony of the uh Corellian uh the high priesthood and it's been around for a long time, but it really has transformed in this modern age. And we and, and were all really happy to meet you. I mean, we were all happy to meet each other because I think it was one of the larger outputs where people met each other. And from there, you, you talk about, you joined the paladins and, um, okay. and you've been a very active player in that. So the, uh, for those who don't know, the order of paladins is uh, a group of people who basically, um, while they may be clergy or may not be clergy, but they are dedicated to the idea of Gaia and being support staff of the, the, not just the Karelian community but the pagan community in general. Instead of being like the leadership as we would know, we're, they're, they're out there being support staff because there's not enough support sometimes for you know these priests and priestesses to go out there. And um, and you've 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 been very much involved with that. Can you talk a little bit about that experience for you?
3: Yes, so um, the paladin is probably one of the one of my favorite things that I have been able to join, mm-hmm. and it helps to give me um, a sense of purpose mm-hmm. that I was didn't have before. And because um, I do a number of things, but the the overall consensus in my mind when I'm doing anything is I just want to help however I can help however I can inspire anybody to do anything that they feel is helpful to someone else because we you know you never know what you have to give and that's something that I think the paladins helped to give me an understanding of is that you know it doesn't matter if I don't you know, know how to do this thing, I know how to do that thing, that's important, you know, you know, we all have some aspect of ourselves that is, that is useful, and, and that somebody out there needs, and we just, you know, it's just a matter of finding that person, or finding those people, and it's just been great to be able to um, do music, or do other things that can be of use, um, one of the, like moderating, we do a lot of moderating for many of the online events ever since the pandemic, especially because you know we couldn't be in front of everybody, unfortunately. And um, so a big aspect of what we had been doing was a lot of the online um, festivals and you know all the tech behind that. And there's so many good tech. So many good tech people in the in the Paladin Order and, and and that was something that was a little intimidating for me just because that's not a big part of my background, but at the same time I've just learned so much from everyone and it's helped me to grow another aspect of my skill set so that and that's another thing, like that you learn from other people. You learn different skill sets and different things you wouldn't expect to learn. That end up being very useful all around, so that's been a very, very good thing for me. Mm-hmm. Just you know, broadening some of the things that I'm able to do, which in turn also helps the things that I already know how to do. so then I can develop them and broaden those aspects as well of myself.
1: And you're and so you're very big into music, and you yeah. and did <laughs> just you just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, and then you started the Order of Maasai.
3: I did. So I am the order head for the Order of Le Five, which is um, dedicated to music, all things music related, all magical aspects of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just listening to music and different things you like, but things like music psychology, musicology, or music therapy, things using music in healing ways, using music in your spell work and energy work. Um, one of the things that I'm currently doing i don't know some people may have seen i just posted a little maybe friday this past friday which would have been the 24th Mm -hmm.
0: um
3: i posted a song a single that i just did uh for for an album that i'm going to put out next year and want to ask And this aspect is about uh, writing music in the astral plane, which is something that I started thinking about when I was working on my third degree, um, lesson three, and I was like, hmm, so that is going to be, that's been a bit of a thing I've been working on and experimenting with and just seeing uh, how that can play into writing normally and how you can take the two and, and mix it together and really bring out, you know, your authentic musical expression. And so that's just one thing that I've been doing, but yeah, I do um, have an order and there's a lot of great musicians in this order. There's just a lot of great um, conversation about all aspects of of, you know, What does it mean to be a musician? You have to know something to be a musician. You have to play an instrument to appreciate music, which is something you don't need to do. And I stress a a lot, you don't have to be a musician to be in this order at all. You don't even have to necessarily have a huge affinity to music. You can like music for certain things, you know, and maybe just not be a casual music person. It, there's so many different ways to embrace music and the magic behind it that you don't have to have an instrumental background or some professional repertoire that you play. And so that's that's a big part of what I wanted to do is just let everyone realize, you know, like you can totally embrace that that magical um, aspect of music. It's it's everywhere. It's in everything that we do. I mean, from
0: commercials,
3: background noise, movie scores. I mean, there's so many things we forget that music is involved in. And so it's just because it's just that ingrained in society in general, just even in the way that you know we operate. You know, there's a ringtone. is a is sound. You know, you got a ringtone for somebody, or you got a certain alarm that you use that gets you up in the morning. I particularly, I. uh my alarm is James Brown, get up. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I gotcha. just, it's just, it's it's loud. It gets me going. It's just like, ah, I need to get up, you
1: know? But, so yeah, you and I have had a number of conversations about music. And, and if, you, if people don't know, I almost never listened to music until my teenage teenagers, my own kids started listening to it. Um, I listened to some music. I mean, I was more, I liked club scenes, but I wasn't a big into music. Uh, and I've been, we've been discussing about how I've had to use it uh, for, for therapy, my own therapy. And it's very interesting. You're never too old to learn music. And uh, I always say, you know, I'm the same age as Snoop Dogg, you know, a lot of that <laughs> sort of music, you know, that sort of thing. So um, it was very interesting to see now the musicians that I knew get older. It's like,
0: <laughs> it does.
1: Wow. It, it is something, but I see a lot of music. Um, Cloud the Rapper, it was a, it was a member of your order and he will be interviewing him because he's kinda come out of this. Um so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna shift this a little bit and uh you know there'll be notes, anything that you're hearing about, we'll put be putting notes in the system. This is also you entered at a time I think that was very interesting. And one of the things I think you did really well with leadership, if I may, is that Black Lives Matter erupted and a lot of the energy around it? And we as a tradition, Don, Lord Don and a lot of the tradition, uh, people don't know it. Lord Don is actually of uh, mixed blood, as he's called it. You know, he's, he's you know, is that sort of thing. And uh, But for me, I'm as, as I am as Anglo-Saxon as you can get. My family is from England and all of that. And we had to turn to, you were one of the individuals he turned to. He turned to a number of individuals in our tradition to deal with and and i think the ebony nights came out of it instead of us trying to to say what we need to do we we asked questions and you were one of the leaders to help us get through what was a really difficult time i think can you talk a little bit about that experience or if you're willing to
3: i am absolutely willing to talk about that um whew, 2020 man <laughs> yeah. ha, that was an incredible year when you think of it from the Black Lives Matter standpoint. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I truly appreciated about how the tradition responded to that is rather than just assume what we might want you to say or what we might think Mm
0: -hmm.
3: would be proper, you actually came to us and was like, okay we need to address this, but we want to do it right. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have grown to really appreciate about this tradition. You ask us things that a lot of people won't ask. Um, It's a a touchy subject because, you know, nobody wants to be politically incorrect. Nobody wants to say the wrong things. Nobody wants to do this or that. Um, I've always said to anyone that is absolutely close to me Mm -hmm. if you have questions please ask because one thing that's not going to change anything is me withholding information you need to know Mm
0: -hmm.
3: if you have an issue you know if you have something you want to ask about Black Lives Matter or you want to ask about African Americans or Mm -hmm. me in general or somebody else you're having an issue with or whatever. I feel there needs to be, not everybody can do this, but some people, some of us need to be able to answer these questions because you need to have somewhere to start. It's easy to say, you know, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. There's so much misinformation about what Black Lives Matter is, what it's really about. What are we really trying to say? Are we trying to say, you know, white people are all bad and all terrible? No, that's not how this works. It's not at all how this works. It's just, we just want the same rights, the same uh, chances that everyone else gets from the get-go. Not, I don't want a handout. It's not about those types of things. But a lot of times because of the anger and and the rightful, justified anger that we have, sometimes mm-hmm. we don't want to answer those questions. And I understand that. I don't always want to answer a question because sometimes even when we, you know, ask questions and when people want to understand more about what is, the you know, what is the African-American struggle? What are we dealing with? What is the racism? Where is it located? What can I do, you know? Some people say they want to know the answers to the questions. You answer the question and then they get mad or they turn it back or, well, that's not, you know, or, you know, well, I have X, Y, and Z as friends. And it's just like, well, sometimes it's not about that. It's You know, it's not always about you, in, you know, actively saying, I hate X, Y, and Z. Sometimes just because of the way society has been structured. It is, uh, there are certain things that are just so ingrained in society that, 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 that perpetuate the systemic racism that you see, that you don't even realize that that's what it's doing, because it's just been that common.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
3: it's those aspects that I feel are the hardest to, 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 to get people to understand sometimes, which is why I say, you know, there needs to be some of us that are willing to answer those questions. And I'm not telling any, and, that, and that's not to, to upset anyone. And I hope I don't upset anyone with what I'm saying because no,
1: um I I don't thinking, at
3: all. i just you know it's it's because I'm all about Black Lives Matter. I'm all about making sure that we have a chance to live as wonderful of a life as we possibly can, being who we are, regardless of what skin color it is. Um. And that's, again, why I am so appreciative that Lord Don came to, you know, a, a group of us and was like, okay, what do we do? What do we do to tackle this? How do we address this properly? And like you said, the Knights, the uh, Order of the Knights came out of that, which was uh, directly to address these issues and to, you know, whether it's within the tradition, whether it's within the community in general, and just giving that knowledge that we need to spread to really start changing some of these dynamics so that it doesn't matter that I'm Black or that I'm gay or that I'm a woman or that I'm anything other than Ebony mm-hmm. and you're Ed right. and everybody is who they are. Because, you know, the whole color is blonde. We all know what color we are. We all know what colors we see. The point is not to ignore that. The point is not to say, Oh, me being brown doesn't matter, or a person being white doesn't matter. Be that. It just shouldn't matter that those things are,
1: are so that, what they are. So that all things are being equal, not that we're culturally the same, but that all things being equal, we have the same opportunities.
3: Um,
0: okay.
1: And you're still going in, – into in to be it, there's still an ongoing process in that we're going into – and it's not just uh, for just black individuals. Uh, the Karelian tradition yeah. has a lot of Hispanic and European Spanish, and we have Filipinos that are very high oh. ranking. And we're so as a global order, we're still dealing with that, you know, as well. As South Africans, we are still doing it. So I think awesome. one of the things of leadership is we deal with one thing from the United States. We also are looking at how to apply it on on a more global basis. And I think you've been a great. Assistance. So we're going to be talking to Lord Phoenix, who's, who's working on part of the program for that. Um, mm-hmm. it'll, be, it'll be interesting how, how that, you know, we'll talk to him, just a preview of some of the things on there. So we've talked about your music, we've talked about your leadership role, or we've talked about yourself as a paladin. But we have also talked, let me talk about the last thing, because you actually took on a really large and accepted a really large uh, leadership position or leadership development position, in that we have We named uh, a new first elder last year. Um, um, As people know, I was first elder of the Corellian tradition. I've been first elder twice. I hope never to be first elder again. Um, It's a hard job. It's a really difficult job because it it deals with the soul more so than anything else. You see Lady Stephanie and Lord Don, they're very much about the building and construction. But Lady Alyssa was named first elder, who is also a, a... Young you know, young women. And she's you know, that sort of thing. And you took on you know, at first was uh assigning her in a paladin to help her out with these roles and then she named you Harold. And mm-hmm. that you're like her, her her um uh what do they call it? Nom de Camp, um her her uh officer of of, of sorts. Can you talk right. about that? That's because that's a real position. I mean, it's not just sitting around doing things, that's a real position.
3: Uh, it has been a great honor to do it. Um, Lady Alyssa is one of the nicest people that I know. Um, incredibly wise, she has so much wisdom. Um, she's funny. Uh, she uh, she just takes me on, and, and and you know I'm always just like, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can do? For you? hopefully I'm not too annoying because I'm always like, can I help? you know but when she does need anything you know she she's always reaches out you know she's very quick to respond um it has been a lot of fun to to work with her and i look forward to doing more as well um that her and uh lord speedy suggested i believe it was this past frustration i think they led together and so she had me do the uh, matron uh, discussion for that, which was, uh, I was very honored to do and it was an absolute ball to do and everyone that was involved was great. There was so much great information. And so like, I, I feel very honored that she, you know, so that she could trust me to do that. So, mm-hmm. cause that was also a first time. There's been
0: a lot of first. <laughs> the past. Well,
1: it, it, it's very interesting because you've been highlighted. Um, uh, you've been helpful to a lot of people, but it is highlighting the fact that basically, seeing uh, you're in leader de- leadership development, um, I think that's one of the things that I think that's happened is that over the last year there has been a very strong recognition. Lady Alyssa becoming first elder, a lot of um, a lot of what would people consider. Um, younger people by uh, by you know at least by pagan standards by wiccan
0: standards
1: (laughs) um thinking on roles of being leadership roles is the idea that the tradition is going to continue your faith is going to continue and that we have these individuals who are going to be able as we come along the way you know as as people come along the way that you'll be able to stand up because uh the one thing that we do know about wicca and paganism is that it is amongst younger people it's still Growing at an astronomical rate. I mean, it is by any standards. Um, we went from you know, even since the time you've joined, as now we're seeing numbers of a million, two million, three million. It depends on which way you look at it. Oh, you know, yeah. with census, and there's still a lot of work to do, and 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 finding places for younger people like yourself. You you joined as a teen, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of, and I think a lot of, uh, so we've had a lot of that, and I think. We're now seeing a next generation of teens start to really emerge again, not so much in leadership roles, but just looking for something. And they're still having the same problem that you had there and everything else. So you're also working. Let me give one more thing. You're also like one of the editors for the Corellian Times, which got resurrected during COVID, which had been dormant for a while. It was Lady Wendy's project for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it was dead. It was quiet. You know, it, it disappeared, and now it's like a year. has been going on for like a year now.
3: It'll be a year next month, actually. Or no, I'm sorry. It'll be a year in November. It'll okay. But yes, so that all started out of a conversation that I had with um, Lady Stacy Blair. She, she, I'm actually a co-head with her in her temple of the uh, our, our Lady of the Heathen Field,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, we were having a conversation and talking about how hard it was to kind of find all the different links because there's so many different Karelian links, there's different groups that I didn't even know existed, and I'm like, where did all these come from? And we realized they weren't all in the like same area, and so we just got to talking about it and talking about it, and she you know, was throwing this idea around bringing back the uh, the times, And, you know, this wasn't too long after Lady Lindy had passed. And so, you, you know, we were a little, she was a little nervous about the idea because she didn't want to, you know, upset anyone or, you know, be too soon or, you know, what people think. And I was like, well, I think it's a great idea. I think we should do it. So she's like, well, will you do it with me? And I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> So it kind of just started that way. Um, And now I am the assistant editor-in-chief under her. Uh, I also write the music section um, every month. And uh, I've been doing a bit of photography a little bit lately. So that's kind of come into play as well. Um, I'm also the PR. So if you receive any email, you know, for a reminder that you need, you don't forget you've got to bring in your 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 submission. You know, you have such such and such amount of days. That's just But no, it's
0: just so much
3: fun and we've got a great staff. A great staff. We have Deej, who's writing, who's the editor in chief of the Spanish edition, um, Reverend Willis who does the Dutch translation. Uh lady pamela she writes several different articles in the uh in the paper as well as she does two Time. i know you guys have seen her on two times um which is a show that she does uh
1: and you can also pick it up on Vegas and that radio every sunday at five o'clock we uh mm-hmm. run we run the audio version of that too
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: so, so just come on to the same station and we'll be able to hear that too um so, do you have anticipations of what you'd like to do? I mean, it sounds like you've gone through quite a transformation over the last couple of years, really fairly rapidly.
3: Yeah. That's, I think that's the biggest uh, thing that has happened, is just realizing it's like a, I don't know how many people understand meteorology terminology, but they talk about hurricanes and rapid intensification. And I feel like a, that's kind of what's happened with my spiritual journey, there's been this rapid intensification um, from, you know, just showing up to the illustration and being like, I don't know what I could do. I don't know. What, I mean, I just write music. I don't know what to do, you know, to having all of these different aspects of myself that I didn't even realize. And there's all of these different things that I'm involved in in these different positions. It's just, it's been pretty crazy, but just awesome in the same way. And so, I'm just yeah. happy to be here. I'm just super
1: happy to be here, man. <laughs> and um, I know that you're going for your third degree now. I am. With Lady a- Aisha as your mentor.
3: Correct. Um, I am studying through the temple of our sphere
1: mm-hmm. under,
3: under Lady. Uh, sorry, not Lady. With Lady Aisha,
0: mm-hmm. and she's
3: a wonderful mentor. I'm currently on my fourth lesson. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with my studies.
1: And um, And if you ever want to look it up on Facebook, they regularly do their rituals online. They're one of the more advanced organizations within there. Um, I think they're they they do a wonderful job. They've been doing a couple of years of um, of doing that. Um, So I always I'm I'm always grateful for that. Everybody who goes into the internet. So let's talk about. So it sounds like you're very comfortable with where you're at. Do you have any plans for the future? Do you think you know where you're going, or is it just like intensifying, you're just gonna go with the waves
3: um that's a good question i feel like it's a little of both i feel like i'm allowing myself to just kind of ride the wave to see where it takes me but i also Mm -hmm. am starting to form ideas of where i want that wave to end Mm -hmm. or to land um as i said i'm working on you know my first album um so that's something that'll be I'll be doing more of over the winter when I'm not all uh, doing a bunch of farm stuff. I live on a farm, so I do a lot of farm work during the day, but we're almost out of growing season. So mm-hmm. once that's done, then I'll focus more on that. I will finish my third degree. Um, I uh, And of course, my order that I have and doing that, and I want to develop more things with that. Um I will continue my work with uh, the paladins. I'll continue my position as the uh, first elders, paladin, and herald as long as I am allowed. Uh, and I just I just want to just kind of let things be open and allow, you know, deity to just kind of push me where I need to be. I don't want to limit myself by saying this is what I want this is where I want to go. I I feel more of what is, where do I need to go? Where do I need to be? And for me, I'm used to trying to control everything. I like to have control over my situation a lot. And so this is a process that's making me allow for some uh, variables in Mm -hmm. my thoughts on how I see myself in the future as a priestess, as just a spiritual being in general, so I'm just kind of letting myself just feel and experience things, which I didn't used to do, so hopefully I will continue to just, you know, do, do good work, and, you know, I'm pretty proud of where I've gotten to, and hopefully I make a lot of other people proud, but at the end of the day, I'm happy to actually say that I'm proud of myself, but that took many years to be able to do so I just hope that I can continue to inspire others and like I said, at the end of the day, whatever I do, I just want it to be of help
1: well, to anybody and everybody and so yeah i'm 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 really grateful to have you as part of not just the tradition but uh, the paladins and all the sorts of activities but i 'm proud to uh, uh, to know you it 's one of my my oh. pleasures to have met you and actually um it 's been very it 's been an interesting journey because I think intensification is a good thing because even for me i 'm in the intensification period because i'm because i 'm no i 'm in that sort of role where i 'm now interviewing younger people people sometimes you 'll know because my story was is I got swept into national leadership at the age of thirty. You know, just overnight, yeah. I went from just being an ordinary guy, like, kind of pagan, to like, oh, you're now a national leader. We're recognizing you.
0: That guy. <laughs> that guy.
1: And then it came out of the parliament in 93 um, that they, you know, that I got recognized by some of the elders and like, oh, yeah. And and the story is, is that, you know, they said there was a picture taken and we had all the leadership of the parliament and it was really a hard picture to get into. And then Lady Olivia. Robertson of the ISIS said, "Oh no, he's got to be over here. He's been working really hard." And like, and everybody just presumed that that meant I, I was a leader, and and the same sort of uh, that would become into what I would do. And I think that in some ways that that's a good word for it when um, that you you when you decide to make a decision, Spirit says, "Okay, we're just going to to give you a lot more space."
3: We're just going to lay it on you. We're going
1: to lay oh, it on you. See what you're you doing. You. to do
3: stuff now? Okay, we got you. It's like,
1: whoa. Okay. <laughs> so I'm hoping to reach a lot of – so I, I hope in my audience I have younger people, um, that sort of thing. So if you had a chance to talk to your 15-year-old self, one of the things uh, out there, is there any advice that you would give to the 15-year-old today or the 15-year-old self of yourself or just any, anyone that's younger who's looking at you know, this potential? That is a good
3: question, and I've actually often thought about what I would tell myself if I had a chance to. Um, One thing I would say is it's okay not to know. Mm -hmm. It's okay not to have an answer. Um, It's okay not to be okay sometimes. The key is to not dwell, Um, and if you feel like you're at a point where you are dwelling, reach out to somebody and you know let them know um because i think one thing that i've kind of realized mm-hmm. and this kind of goes for everybody in a way including myself because I, I i don't say anything that i don't think i need to also either. um When you, in your process, when you're going through your spiritual journey and you have your different steps and different um, epiphanies you come to and different milestones you reach and things you overcome. And if you get to a certain point past that, you know, and so, and you go back to help others, um, sometimes it can, it almost can feel like people forget that, you know where this person is that you're trying to help may not be at your level yet or not at their that stage in their journey like so so something that might seem oh that's not going to be as bad as you think or oh it's going to be all right don't worry about it for them they don't know that yet they don't know that it's not anything to worry about yet because that's the first point that they've gotten to that you know certain level of angst about whatever aspect. And that's something that I I didn't know was okay to feel certain things. Like I was raised, you know, you gotta be strong, you gotta just kind of pick up things. You know, stuff is always gonna happen. You gotta push it to the side and move on. And in the end, that didn't help because it's now I'm going through a lot of shadow work to try to fix so many things because I wasn't allowed to express that and get it out to understand what was happening to me or to understand what was going on in my head, because the people who had already been through it were just saying, don't worry, it's fine, you'll be fine, it's okay, but I'm new, so I'm like, what, what is that, so, but I, I don't know what's happening, I don't understand, how do I know it's okay, I don't even know what's going on, and so that's why I would say to my younger self, and to anyone younger, you know, there's going to be things that you experience and it's going to be stuff that, yes, eventually you'll, you'll get past it. You'll realize, okay, I could get through that. It's going to be okay. But it's okay in that moment to not be okay. You just got to find a way through that because you can't get okay if you don't understand what's happening to you. So figure out what's going on. Reach out if you need to reach out and, and process it. Work through those things so that you don't have this over- whelming amount of shadow work to do when you get way <laughs> you know older I'm almost 40 and I'm still thinking of things when I was 15 16, that I'm just like oh my god I gotta look to this you know and if I had known oh if I just spoken up and said this is what's happening or I don't understand what's going on and, and had people willing to actually tell me what was happening I, maybe I wouldn't have been so far hmm Back in my work today, you know, it's such a, you know, far journey to have to take to get to this point. But at the same time, even saying that everything happens for a reason, too. And who's to say that if I did have all of that knowledge, would I have come this direction? Would I have been where I'm at right now? Maybe that wasn't what I was supposed to do. Like, you know, you say, you know, we're all aspects of universal deity. So we're all at, you know, we're all individual lessons. Maybe that wasn't the lesson I was supposed to be teaching. Maybe that's not the lesson I was supposed to be learning, you know? So it, it's that double-edged sword sometimes. So just know that it's okay to not understand. Sometimes you're just not going to get it, and it's all right.
1: <laughs> and there it is. And and, and uh, so thank you and everything else. So people can reach you through facebook through what's it what's if they want to reach out to find out about more of what you're doing and some of the things you're doing what's the best way to contact you
3: you can find me on facebook um you can i have a music page sir eln on facebook i you can find that from my actual profile as well uh i do have instagram i'm not on it a whole lot but i'm gonna try to pick up that some more um but yeah, just find, shoot me a message, a messenger, it's fine, you know, just tell me, hey, I saw you on whatever, and I'll just be like, oh, okay, you know, I'm pretty open.
1: There you go. Well, thank you for being on with us today and sharing your story. I think it's very inspirational, and I, uh, I'm i grateful that you came on. Oh, well, thank
3: you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, I and mean, I hope that, uh, you know, I inspired some folks and got to know me a little better. and.
1: I'm harmless, so y'all come find me anytime. <laughs> and uh, and so we'll be right. Re- thank you, and we'll be right back after these message breaks, and um, and we and we'll continue on with uh, Peggington Night Radio, and and you've been listening to uh, Sir Ebony Nash, one of the great uh, leaders of our day, who's emerging, and uh, we can continue on with this series with uh, with more people, and we're so excited. that we'll be right back after this message with more Pagan Tonight Radio. And you should be listening to Pagan Tonight Radio every night that we're on. Uh, but if you want to get some really good bargains, go to CNT Auctions, cntauctions.com, where we're having our annual fundraiser. Well, thank you, everybody, and this is going to be a night. Nice. Tomorrow we'll be back and we're going to be visiting Kansas City
0: and the young leaders there. Blessed be, folks.